0: Welcome to the Artist Appeals. This is Erin Sparler and I'm your host. In the Artist Appeals, we interview artists, crafters, photographers, and business professionals about the business of art. I hope you'll join us and enjoy the show. Quick offer here. Can I make you an offer? I hope that's all right. I have a new online course. I've been working really hard to build this course for you. It summarizes everything we've been talking about in the Artist Appeals, the seven step system for building a business in the arts. It was there to help you make your art appeal. Takes everything I've learned from 12 years of college, plus all this information from all these great guests, plus five special bonuses, five special bonus classes worth over $350 thrown right in for free. You can check it out at TheArtistAppeals.com. Course starts September 17th, and for a limited time, we're offering an amazing discount. So please visit TheArtistAppeals.com and make your art appealing. All right, so this guy is hilarious. He's got this gorgeous, deep, baritone voice. And throughout this interview, you'll please have to excuse me because I belly laugh several times. I didn't know Canadians were so funny. He's from Canada. He is a pencil drawer. His highly realistic, hyper-realistic pencil drawings are just beautiful, so rich with values. His work is in over 1,500. Can can you just read that number for a second? 1,500, 1,500, 1,500 different corporations across the U.S. and Canada He's got a fascinating business model of how he does this. He sells the whole print run before it's even made. The company commissions him to do these amazing works. He's got the most unique niche. And he's also done portraits for celebrities like Gene Simmons, Ivana Trump, um, Kathy Ireland, country music star John Rich, the Shark Tank lady Barbara Oh, I can't say her last name. Cor Coran. <laughs> Just all these amazing people. He's even drawn the original Batman Adam West, William Shatner. Right? He's done all these commissioned works, portraits of celebrities. Just an amazing artist, a funny man, a successful businessman, and a generous, generous educator in the arts. He's been on TV with this crazy, weird show where they test your intelligence. And he is pretty much a brilliant marketer. So, if you want some of his marketing advice, go to marketingtoolsforartists.com. He gives a lot of this stuff away for free, just an amazing resource for artists. Marketingtoolsforartist.com. And his work can be seen at pencilneck.com. So, Here we go, without further ado, our interview with Owen Garrett. Hello, I am so excited. Owen, nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you too. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. For you guys listening, this is Owen Garrett. He is the owner, artist, well, let me just talk you up for a quick second. You are the pencil neck. yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You're the pencil neck. How did you come up with that name?
1: Well, long answer is reading Jimmy Buffett's autobiography, A Pirate Looks at 50. And I'm not a big Jimmy Buffett fan, but a a guy who who my respect said, you got to read this. Uh It just occurred to me uh, the same time I was taking a marketing course by Dan Kennedy. It was called Personality and Copy. Uh And the two of them just really, really clicked together that in terms of telling my story for my artwork and everything, people just resonate well when there's something concrete like a character. And a lot of people get, well, that's cheesy. Well, of course it is. So after, you know, being a pencil neck and, you know, I'm six feet tall and, uh, you know, a lot closer to 300 pounds than I'd like to be. So being a pencil neck <laughs> is a lot like calling a bald guy curly. If you remember right. The olden it's times.
0: ironic.
1: Yeah. So I, I trademarked the name pencil neck.
0: Oh, it's trademarked.
1: You betcha. And, took that forward into all of my family. You know, my wife is the colonel and there's the narcoleptic dog and that damn cat (laughs) and we live in Mortgage (laughs) Manor and and it all all just sort of fell into place once once I got the idea behind it.
0: Well, you know, that really fits with our seven-step organization of all this information. So, you know, what I do with these interviews is I try and organize them using the acronym APPEALS, ART, PRODUCT, PRESENTATION educating your audience with story, which you just hit upon, and we're going to talk more about here, amplifying through automation, licensing, and then success. So, you know, I always like to start with a little bit of a backstory, and this is your backstory here is you became the pencil neck because you are an amazing pencil artist. Your work is hyper-realistic, is what I would call it, hyper-realistic, but it's all pencil. And um, I know that you are colorblind, which is fascinating. Partially, not, not Partially, entirely,
1: but but enough. Like that, red, green. No, actually, red, green is fine. Um, oh. I don't have I don't have a restriction on my license. I got a really rare kind. It's not all that limiting, but like to me, red wine and hot chocolate are the same. Oh. I can't. If it's not a real vibrant primary color, it it turns to mud on me. So. Yeah, unless I wanted a career painting Amazon tree frogs or something, it was just a lot lot better. (laughs) Let's just stick with the pencil there.
0: So tell us, how did all this come to be? Tell us a little bit about your backstory before you were the pencil neck, before you were doing these hyper realistic pencil drawings. Where were you living? Where were you doing? Was there some defining event that some crisis that pulled you off of Obi Wan Kenobi showed up and said, you must go, my son, and learn the trade of art.
1: What was it? Well, a couple of things. So, and I ramble, so just warning. <laughs> go uh, for
0: it. We got time.
1: I was born in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. That's right above North Dakota.
0: That sounds like a
1: dirty word. It does, <laughs> yeah. Ryan, as Mick Jagger said, <laughs> the city that rhymes with fun. Badoomtch. <laughs> <laughs> And so, I, I moved out <laughs> in grade eight. My parents divorced when I was little, and, and my, uh, I'm the only child. Too. Yeah. And uh, my mom died when I was 13, so I went out oh, to live with my dad. and sorry. A, thank you. Yeah. No, in, in a small town of about 500 people. Oh, that is small. It's very small. But, so, you know, you know everybody. Yeah. That's the old joke. That's why nobody signals when they drive, because everybody knows where everybody's going anyway. <laughs> And so, but you know, what's funny is that, you know, 35 year plus years later, my best friends back in that small town are still my best friends. I just, just went out last week and had my semi-annual alcohol holiday with the fellas (laughs) and, uh, you know, tell the same stories we told last year and, uh, get into bed earlier and earlier each time.
2: Right, but anyway, right. so
1: I went out there, and I mean, I was in elementary school, I was one of the class artists, you know, every uh-huh. every class has a handful of those kids who, yeah. you know, the teacher gets to do the artsy product, projects and things, and then I was one of them. But when I got to Uwoda, I discovered music, mm. and I started playing drums, and mm. I didn't quit drawing, I just didn't seem to get around to it anymore, because I mm. was. I always had a pair of drumsticks in my hand. Yeah, yeah. And graduated high school, and I did a lot of things with, with music. I was in the Provincial High School Honor Band, and I got
0: Did you sing at all? With that beautiful baritone voice of well, yours? Not, Tell me you sang.
1: Uh, yeah, no, no. You
0: got the radio voice, man. You, you should just be, oh, on well, the radio, you. you know? Well, thank you. No,
1: that, well, it didn't happen in high school. In fact, there oh. were several interventions run to shut me up. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I, I, I've been, I, in high school, I went to Europe twice with music, uh, different band Camp thing and a and a, and a scholarship tour and to please the grandparents went to university for about fifteen minutes and that <laughs> wasn't going to work out because I wanted to play music so I right I went to a, a private music college and after two years I got my degree which I didn't need and I went on the road for most of my twenties
0: oh and, interesting
1: yeah that was it, it was interesting <laughs> and it was a lot of fun but I realized that at about 26, that, oh, dear, I have put my ladder against the wrong wall. Mm. And because as a drummer, you're always working for the guy on the mic, and you have no say in anything. You're just, uh, you're only one step above roadie. You know, uh-huh. you get told what you're going to play and how you're going to play it and where we're going to play, and, and it's it's it just, I have made a mistake.
0: I didn't and, realize that. Interesting.
1: Yeah. And and it's um it's too bad because the actual music part of it is so just to, to back up here, like so my grandma, my mom's mom from a little eight, little boy told me that, you know, essentially everybody gets dealt a different hand. And everybody has a few aptitudes that's that's a gift from God. Mm. And you know, some people are good at math and other people are good at this. And it just it just comes to them. And and it turns out I have three art, music, and writing. Those are my three. Everything else is it's like I'm useless. You like <laughs> give me a piece of paper with like numbers on it and like forget it. It's it's going in the fireplace. And <laughs> and so your gift to God is to use those gifts. Now I'm no Ned Flanders or anything, you know, but but it still it seemed to me that if you're given an aptitude, why would you fight against it? Let's let's use that. Yeah. And and to yeah. me, because I didn't know any better, that always made sense. And while well, you get out in the real world, it's like nobody does that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: They try, they fool around, but for various reasons, they never are never willing slash or entirely able to embrace those aptitudes. Or
0: comfortable. I think sometimes people are embarrassed or think sure. that if it's so easy that it's not worthwhile. Like to other people. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, absolutely. It's and it's um
0: like they devalue their own gifts.
1: Yeah, because it because it comes natural and they don't think that it's any big deal.
0: Yeah, yeah. You hear that, people? Your gift is a big deal.
1: It's a big Go deal. Go for it. It is. So so I've decided to get off of the uh off of the music bandwagon. Is that a mm-hmm. pun? Might be a pun.
0: <laughs> it might be. Yeah. Jump.
1: And I got a job in Calgary, Alberta, which is uh, above Montana, selling artwork. And because I had no skills. No, no, I was, this company had hired an artist and they made limited edition prints. And essentially, it was going door to door selling them to companies. (laughs) And it was like, yeah, I I don't know. I'm starving to death here. I'd better do something. And it turned out I was good at it. And within about two weeks, I was the the number one sales rep in the entire country, and I wow. thought, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And it was like they had this whole shtick done up where you're supposed to go in and say, yeah, we're just we have these extra prints left over from a project we're doing over here, and just a bunch of bunch of BS. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. How mm. about we just tell the truth? How about we just tell them we're doing a promotion with this artist's work and. uh they're on for a great price, and we're just doing a promotion. If you can use them, great. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, that was pretty the obvious thing to do. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. And after a little while, I wanted to move back to Saskatchewan, back to Regina. And yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so sorry. Uh, one of my buddies since grade two, I said, look, this is pretty good. So why don't you, know, you frame them, and I'll sell them and we don't have to work for anybody anymore and he's like all right and so uh that's what we did we we hired an artist and <laughs> i spent a year selling You hired
0: them. an artist you are an artist
1: <laughs> Well i wasn't yet but i i so we hired uh a guy tom and he was a great guy but there were problems i was he he was so swamped i wasn't getting his best work uh, unfortunately and uh-huh. uh so that was that wasn't optimal, but you know, Christmas season rolls around, and my grandma, other grandma, was in a nursing home, and it's like, what do you get her? More of those foot jellies or whatever? I mean, what? <laughs> what do you buy? A, they don't need any. They don't want anything. Yeah. And somebody said, well, why didn't you draw Grandma a picture? You used to be a good drawer. Okay. And so I, I found a photograph of a tiger, and I drew it. I know that's a big no-no now, but at the time, okay. <laughs> And they came out well enough that I I did a couple dozen, I'm doing air quotes, limited edition prints, which meant laser yeah. copies. At the, yeah. This is in the, you know, the mid-90s. Yeah. And, you know, Rod framed them up and we gave them to everybody for Christmas and it was a big hit. Yeah. And sorry, anyway, so just real quick, a friend of a friend was, was a doctor in Vancouver and saw one and contacted me and said, uh, do you have any of those for sale? And I'm huh. giggling because I thought, oh, wait till Tom hears this. Right. And I said, "Sure, make me an offer." And he says, "I'll give you five hundred dollars for it." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, because it was like eight by eight. It was just a small little thing." Mm-hmm. And so that was the the big moment. Like, that hell was the with big this? moment where you were I'm, like,
0: "Oh, I can I can actually sell these things for more money."
1: Yeah, I'm doing it my own self, and so. Mm. Now I'm scrambling to find out what to do. At that time, wildlife was really popular. Yeah. And uh, and we sold 900 frame limited edition prints of my very first drawing. And the joke is... Of the tiger. <laughs> no, no, not that one. It was... Uh, sorry, I guess it wasn't my first drawing. It was my second drawing. Wow. 900. That's incredible. Yeah, it was a wolf and a raven. And the joke is... Which is amazing because it was so bad it nearly hung itself. <laughs> Uh,
0: a wolf and a raven you know that is really that is cliche but i love it
1: yeah love it. It, well it totally is and and it's not on the website i'm not gonna put it on the website it's <laughs> Aww, awful i
0: can't
1: see no 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 no, no. <laughs> i don't even know if i have a digital copy but i don't think i do i don't think i do think criminy and so that's <laughs> kind of my story and that was like now i'm gonna be an artist and fabulous, all the fellas fabulous. back in woda you me you're an artist you're a drummer well i'm I'm changing, I'm going to be an artist. Oh my God, whatever. So it's still, so last, last week, Yeah. I, I'm at Kenosi Lake, Saskatchewan, in our old uh-huh. stomping grounds of the Moosehead. And, and so we're out on the, on the patio in like the power seat. We're, we're the old guys, right? We're twice <laughs> the age of the next youngest person in this place. Right. But some gal comes walking by and we're it's sort of by the exit, like you exit out the patio to get to the parking lot. And she stops yes. and she looks at me. And this is 500 miles away from where I live, understand. Uh And she stops and she looks and she makes like a a writing pantomime. And she says, you're an artist. And I nodded Uh and she said, the pencil neck. And I smiled and (laughs) nodded and she gave me a thumbs up and then she left. And I it's like, (laughs) so still Porter looks over that I've known him since I'm 13 years old. He looks over and it offends him. (laughs) It's like. You're running a scam, Owen. It's like what are you're not an artist. Well, I guess yeah, I am. Yeah,
0: I am. After how many years?
1: Yeah, but I make a living at this. Yeah, for for a long time, more like more than half my life. Yeah, but I think that you know that attitude that other people have. Like I don't care what Porter thinks about how I earn my bread and cheese. And there's a little bit of it's like screw you. I am so an artist. That's Wait a minute. Just did you say bread and
0: cheese? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Canadian thing? Because this I, is an expression, bread and butter.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It just sort of popped <laughs> into my head. It could be you eat what you want, and I'll eat what I want.
0: I like yours better because I love cheese.
1: Well, there that's you go. That's great.
0: Oh, but man, I, I think
1: that's the point of that is, is, you know, how many people curl up like a burnt feather whenever yeah. their social mm. peers don't, you know, well, it encourage them? It hurts. Them. Like Porter. It does. It, like, it porter's hurts. not. Well, porter's hurting more than me over this. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's just like there's. A lot of people, yeah, and I've seen this, and it wouldn't occur to me, but I've I've seen it. It's like you know, so and so is oh, trying to be say, an artist,
0: and they, yeah. Well, it's you like my mother in
1: law, bless her, the admiral. She is a teacher, mm-hmm. and so when the boys would do something, it would be it, and it didn't matter what it was. It would be color a picture or or, or anything. She's got to find something that needs improving hmm well you just that's good but you got to do this over here you got to color in these lines and well you know stop signs aren't purple they're red or whatever that that attitude and, and it's like finally i i tore one off my chest and i'm like Connie, we don't do that around here well i'm the teacher i'm encouraging him well then you should listen to what you're saying because it's awful discouraging but she means well she yeah. honestly is trying to what she thinks is right it's she's just yeah. wrong <laughs> and so, you know, we we made sure that there was nothing to show Grandma when she comes to visit because you can see, you, and everyone's seen this happen in, in yeah. one way or another, and it's I've happened it to happen. everybody, sure. And it's like you're you're proud of something little damn thing that you've done, and somebody goes, "Oh yeah, that's good." But and so it's it's just uh
0: yeah, it's the big old but with the comma.
1: Yeah, you need to, to kind of uh, fight Maybe through that. Maybe it's really
0: butt spelled U-B-U-T-T with T-T's, you know, you, you don't give a butt.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. It's, it's, but it is something I've, you know, the relationships I've had with my family and things growing up, it, I mean, it all sort of, as awful as it was <laughs> in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. it, it came together in like, no, I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. Like it, don't like it, I don't care. It's not your life, it's mine.
0: I love that advice. Do what you want to do and don't let anybody add a butt to to your career.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless they're, unless they're supporting you financially or something, uh, and hopefully they're not, it's like you don't get a vote. The yeah. only person that gets a vote is the customers. That's the, the only, only person
0: that... that oh, I love that. That's got to be a quote. We're going to share that one out. The only person that gets a vote is the customers. Yes. Yep. So what is what are you trying to do now with your art? You started out with wildlife, and I know you've done a whole lot of. I, I found this fascinating that you drew mining equipment, and you went out and you marketed this to mining executives. I mean, mining well, equipment. Well, the mining that's not one was sexy only sexy pretty.
1: No, the, well, most of it's oil oil rig stuff, more oh, than mining oil rigs. Okay, so. As much as it's fun to pretend that I, I, I'm a genius in thinking of this, so a lot of it is geographic convenience. I mean, right? the oil industry in Western Canada is huge. And, and if Alberta was an independent country, we would have the third largest oil reserves in the whole world.
0: I had no idea.
1: Yeah, nobody does, right? So, I mean, it, it's, it's a big deal here. And, okay. you know, my dad worked on the rigs and I've got tons of friends and like, I know these guys.
0: Right.
1: So, and you had so, access.
0: So you drew what you knew.
1: Well, not even that, I because I wouldn't, I mean, I've, if you look at my hands, if you remember the old Seinfeld, George Costanza is a hand model. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) And for the reason Jerry said, well, that's what comes with a lifetime of avoiding manual labor, right? I've got baby hands. (laughs) And because, you know, I'm I'm a danger to self and others uh, would be on a rig. But I knew the guys and and I was selling to these companies because there's a lot of them. and after. I don't know how many dozens and dozens of requests. You know what? You should do some of those do an oil rig. That would be cool. And I'm like, what are you crazy? I didn't say that, of course, but it's like, who the hell wants to buy an oil rig drawing?" Right? And then but enough of them asked for it. It's like, "Dummy." Right. Do an oil rig. And so I did and it was huge. So there's two things really really were the the first big exponential jump in my business was was at the same time doing oil rigs and, and golf like vintage scenes oh, gold stuff yeah yeah because they used my art for golf prizes so that right. was that was just huge and it wasn't a case of me being so damn smart to to read the market and no I got asked enough and, and should have done it five years earlier if I was well, really you paying listen attention to your client eventually
0: him <laughs> right eventually And you had a niche. You know, we had a couple other artists and um, entrepreneurs on. One of my interviews with Ashley Monet, she's got this cool company where she makes infused lip balms. Her lip balms are infused with, like, wine, sangria, or whiskey, Hmm. or, you know, these flavors from wineries in upstate New York. And she had people asking her for these different flavors to make... Them a custom flavor. She makes them wholesale for the winery, or for the coffee roastery, or for the distillery, and makes them custom for them. And that's really her niche. Oh, that's cool. But she listened to her, her customer, and um, you know, Maria Brophy. She was talking about Drew and her husband. He's got this niche: the surfboards and the surf art. So yeah, you really gotta listen to your customer and have a niche and draw what you know. You know what what's accessible to
1: you. That is really cool. In marketing tools for artists, I I teach artists, you know, you got to find a horse to ride. (laughs) And
0: And if you ride horses, draw them.
1: (laughs) Well, exactly. You know, and so when it's funny to me, and I guess this kind of goes back to what we talked about a little earlier. It's like, so I have artists coming to me in a long, unending stream, trying to figure out what kind of art should I do? What horse should I ride? What? What mm-hmm. kind of, you know, who's my customer? Trying customers? to like, find
0: their niche.
1: Right. And, and, and they're open to different things. And like, hey, it's not that I have this burning passion to do oil field stuff. I mean, it's not like it's the last thing I think of when I go to bed or the first thing <laughs> when I wake it's, it's it's it's, And that's something I got two different topics here. But I, I think that passion thing is mm-hmm. vastly overrated.
0: Well, you are following your passion, but. That, that's
1: right but it's just i find most artists have it over here when it should be over there and and mm-hmm. the mindset that i come from is as a musician hmm. right so an example that i I've, I've used before so let's take the band on american idol all right those musicians i got to play every week and they are the best of the best and they get paid extremely. I would be surprised if any of them are making less than 200 grand a year. I mean, even the bongo player is, is mm-hmm. like the best paid bongo. And there's reasons for that. They got to know their stuff. They got to be able to read. They got to be dependable. They got to show up sober. They got to, right?
0: <laughs> Hard thing and for s- musicians to do.
1: <laughs> what? It's, <laughs> it's harder than you would think, right? And so the problem is, is that do you think, okay, so let's take the drummer on American Isle. Do you think, He is absolutely passionate about every single song that he has to play every week on American Idol. Oh, I doubt that very highly. He hasn't confided in me, but but I doubt that he's like, oh goody, such and such song again, right? Of course not, because when you get to a certain talent level, you kind of your tastes escalate, right? You you don't you're not you're not happy eating baloney anymore right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you're looking for something a little more up, uptown. And yet, he's there and knocks it out of the park every song, every night, every week, every season. Right. And that's what he's passionate about. Right. I don't mean to speak for him, but you'll know what, you'll know what I mean. It's like his sense of purpose, his, his, his psychological and emotional reward, all those things that we associate with passion He's getting from being the guy that got the gig that's doing that. Yeah. Song, song, who cares? Whatever. Right. Right. It's like, uh, you know, a chef in a restaurant. He might or she might absolutely hate making such and such a dish. But you know what? They're paying me to do it. That's, it's a hit in this restaurant. And, and I can't even tweak like that. But that's what I'm paid for. And he's paid you to gotta do you got to have it. some
0: staples. You got to yeah. have a signature dish that people come back to you for and then you run the specials every week.
1: Right. And and so the in in that case the the chef was like he doesn't care about that particular dish. He cares about being the guy that provided the dish whether right. he was crazy right. about it or not. It's the same with the the American Idol. He's the guy, they're all of them. They're the folks that nail it. It how many times I mean if you, I mean I'm not the biggest watcher of the thing anymore but there was never a mistake with Anymore? the music.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah, Is this a no. little secret we're we revealing here? You yes, were? Yes.
1: <laughs> I had a man crush on Taylor Hicks. I totally did.
2: Oh, God. I that's I totally great. did.
1: The last album I ever bought was Taylor Hicks. He was <laughs> awesome. And I, but after that, I was like, hey, you're all has-beens or wannabes. <laughs> so that's the mentality I bring to my art career. And it is different than most artists.
0: Well, I is, love that. I love yeah, it.
1: I, I I find enough challenge in my medium Uh that I can get excited about I don't know how to do that.
0: There it is right there. Find the challenge in the medium, but make the customer what the customer wants.
1: Yeah. So if I don't if I never drew an oil rig again, would I be upset? No. No, I'll find something else. No, I'd find something else. It doesn't (laughs) but I'm excited about it because I I like my customers. They like me. They get excited when they run into me at an airport or something, you know, it's cool. And it's, I mean, it's that is very, cool.
2: you're it's like very, famous.
1: it's, it's a small thing. Like, you know, so yeah. there are artists that, well, I've never heard of you before. Yeah. Well, so I'm not I've selling an anything itch. to you. Yeah. I'm not selling nothing to you. I don't, you know, just cause you've never seen me in a gallery in LA or anything. Well, I don't care. You're right, right, I don't care. I got drunk in Houston years ago <laughs> from a guy that just like, you're that artist feller, ain't you? Yes, I am. I'm going to buy you a drink. Well, one turned to two, turned to three, turned to just about didn't let me on the plane. So, <laughs> and it was fun. Yeah. And he was, he ended up being a, a fantastic customer after that. Oh, yeah. And.
0: Yeah. The time I met the pencil neck in the airport and got him drunk, I'm going to buy his art from ever now.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and he's dining out on that story now. Oh, right? yeah. so when yeah, when someone to see, tell that story. Sure. Somebody says, well, that's cool. That picture. I met that feller. Or, you know, and, and out yeah. comes the story. And, and so, you know, that kind of thing, maybe not the drunk part as much, but <laughs> the, those interactions mean far more to me, both professionally and personally, than while well, I've shown in this gallery Yeah, that no one's ever heard of outside of that, right? So that That's sect. Yeah. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, I, I'm more concerned about the customers because they're the ones that get a vote than I am about. My peers, and I, I do not mean yeah. to be disrespectful to my peers, this is the facts. I mean, a lot of creatives in all, in all uh, aspects get more caught up in what their peers think and do and their feedback and all these things than they are about the people they're hoping to do commerce with. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I got to tell you, a recurring theme that I keep hearing over and over again in these podcast interviews is the story is the story that the art tells that the customer can buy. So customers want to buy stories over and over again. I hear this time and time again. Absolutely. The customer wants to be able to talk about the artwork, whether it be about meeting you in the airport and you know buying you a couple of drinks or whether they were on vacation. And you know this brings back the memory. They want to be able to tell stories. Or like um, one of our episodes with, Jeffrey Stoner, he's a photographer, he has these great photographs of um, goats on the top of a mountain and he tells the name of the goat and the story of the goat and it's got a great Pyrenees and this whole story wrapped up Mm -hmm. around it. People want to collect the different goats, you know? So, you know, this really brings us to product and I want to back up just a little bit. You mentioned Mm -hmm. one of your products because you're not just an artist and I like to talk about revenue streams. For, sure. for our listeners a little bit, you know, you make the art, you make the art, you make what the customer wants, you find your niche, you, you make a whole lot of it, but then you have to start thinking about your art as a product. You really got to change your mindset, right? And you have to be able to let go of it. And, you know, one way to do that is, of course, the limited edition of prints, which you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. You made 900, which, woo, wow, that's a big edition, but I love it. And you sold them all. But then you mentioned just really briefly some of your other products, your books. You got a bunch of ebooks for artists on how to make a living in art. You want to talk about your products and your different revenue streams and
1: Sure. So, I guess going back to the very beginning was I did my drawings to create prints. Mhm. And that was um, right from the get-go. I didn't know how to sell an original. Okay. And, and but it b- became its own product. So now, my limited edition prints, depending on the promotion and everything else, go for you know four seventy nine frame. We have gold, nice and price platinum. Point. Yeah, most of my like my gold members get them for two twenty nine, right? Okay, with framing included, and and because we do our own framing.
0: So the members is a subscription thing, right? You have a membership level.
1: Well, it's not – well, we have done subscription, but we, 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 it's more of a club. Okay. Gold, gold members and platinum, right? So platinum okay. are, are ones that have, have bought an original or commissioned me. Like, they've spent okay. big. Gold members are kind of like our gold corporate club, we call it, so that businesses can buy wholesale, not for resale, but to give away for golf tournaments and safety awards and retirement gifts and all and that kind that of stuff. you put that in a stuff. contract? Nope. no. Nope.
0: Okay. Okay. Just we, handshake.
1: We, yeah, it's, it's just a club. It, it's it's kind of like the Costco club, right? <laughs> so it's not, and they ding you, you know, for a business thing. You're the thing, Costco it's, of art. <laughs> well, in a Buy sense, because see, Costco doesn't sell you memberships for hundred bucks to get that hundred bucks. They don't care. You get that back through your your uh, your rebates anyway. Mm-hmm. The reason Costco charges that hundred bucks and makes you a member, as opposed to Walmart or Safeway or whatever, you just walk in and go get it and you go home, is that there's an ownership mentality that takes place. You're a member of Costco, and you'll drive past a Walmart to get to Costco because, well, we're paying for this membership. And yes, they have things you can't really get anywhere else. And, you know, I mean, they've got other aspects of their, their business nailed down, but psychologically...
0: Well, you have a relationship.
1: Yeah, and the Costco member will go out of their way to go find a Costco uh, if they're a member. And then other people talk about it. Well, I'm not in the club. I've been meaning to get that. And then you feel special because you were smart enough to have one. All this this thing comes together. So it was in that vein that I created the gold club.
0: I love that idea because especially say you're like a marketer or somebody in a business, you don't want to have to go search out what you're going to do for the next golf we even had one at Central Penn, um, at the college I worked at. We had a big golf thing. Well, if you already have a membership with this artist for golf prints, it's brilliant. He just saves you time and effort.
1: Sure, and we we do a custom plaque on, you know, compliments of or Doug and mm-hmm. Donna, happy anniversary, or thanks for moving away, or whatever, so we can personalize. <laughs> through an engraved plaque, <laughs> we can personalize it to the person or the company. We do that at no charge, which is another value add. Thanks uh, for but you mentioned away. subscription. Have you
0: actually yeah. printed that?
1: Well, <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> and so we did have a subscription several years ago, and this falls under, well, why did you quit, dummy? Where you could get to be a platinum member if you... Uh, we're on auto ship. We would ship you twelve frame prints every month, and we would whack that card, and uh, and that was a nice. We had
0: wow, that's a nice reoccurring revenue.
1: Yeah, Holy we moly. just about Brilliant. at our at our peak, we had about hundred in. Wow, just about. So, so that it was for was,
0: companies, so they yep. had a constant influx of artwork that they could give away.
1: Yep, they would use it for you know, everybody's asking for donate to this hockey team and donate this kid's soccer team. And, you know, we're doing a fundraiser for this. There are, you know, one of our customers is having their company barbecue and they want some swag. And, you know, that's, that was our business was essentially the swag business.
0: Okay. And so would they be custom drawings for these? Um, They just chose from what you already had.
1: Yep. And so there was, I think there's a, there's 10 oil pieces now, you know, some have sold out. and Yeah. So, th- that's, that's the main business. So, then there was the other revenue stream of the originals. And now, the, uh, the originals, uh, mine go for $12,800 for an original.
0: Oh, I love it. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that, that's, now you don't sell one of those every week, I don't mind saying.
0: Of course not, you and can't. It, it, you
1: know that fluctuates according to the oil economy and everything else, uh, at least mm-hmm. in my case. Mm-hmm. Um, from then, there's commissions where so that kind of comes into two sections. so the the one is if it's a one of, like, so I've done a couple dozen celebrity portraits mm-hmm. doing Steve Sachs's portrait in uh, about another six weeks here. Don't tell him it's a gift. <laughs> And then so like a one of like a small little portrait starts at $4,800 because I really don't like doing it. Mm. And that's, and I kept bumping up the price and, and the more, it sounds cliche, but until you've experienced it, I get the skepticism. Like it started at like 500 bucks and I don't like doing portraits because it's got to be right. Yeah. They're you know, hard. I,
0: and if they have an expression on their face, it can just look weird.
1: Well, everyone's seen a picture. You're like, who's that? Oh, it's Uncle Bill. It is right. It just the camera does <laughs> lie sometimes. Yeah, and and so I kept bumping the price up because uh, I didn't want to do it because. I think that's I good g-
0: advice. If you don't want to do it, charge a lot for it so it won't hurt when you do it.
1: Well, and the other thing I talk about pricing too is yeah, if you're if you're not selling any at a hundred dollars, you might as well not sell any at a thousand dollars, right? So go ahead and bump your price up. <laughs> it's I it like that. <laughs> yeah, so it, uh, the there's the one of you know, draw a picture of my cat, which I really don't do. I, I, I there's, cause it's a one and done. You're, you're sort of getting paid for your time in a sense.
0: Do you not make prints of those then? You can't no. um sell the,
1: okay. No, no. So when I did George Foreman's portrait, there's George and it's for him and it was great. And I made him cry and it was beautiful. Right. But then the, the, the bigger part, the commission business is when a company will hire me to do a hundred is kind of my minimum because there, there's you have to get that unit cost. That's part of the sales process. Mm-hmm. So the more you
0: run, the better pricing you get.
1: Yeah, like it's the first prints. print costs the money. The, the next couple hundred really is is negligible. You're just paying for paper and ink because they've gone through all the work already. You just leave the machine run a little longer. Essentially,
0: yeah. it's the setup that they charge you for.
1: Right. And so I've had several six figure deals come across by structuring it so that, wow, you know, we were going to get this and Owen's going to do this for us for a couple hundred bucks. Cool. And they get lots of them, lots and lots and lots, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's by having those relationships and setting up that specific offer.
0: So it's like an offer that you make to a company where you say, I'll draw this thing for you, whatever it is, this machine or this person or whatever, or this Mm -hmm. event, and then we'll run you 500 prints. And so the cost of me to draw it is this, and then the prints cost this, and you sell them the prints too, or you sell the prints
1: yourself? They get, no, no, they get the whole Megillah.
0: No. I keep the
1: last five prints for myself just because. Okay. And the way we structure it is, is we quote the price per print. Mm-hmm. and the original, like my original, goes for over $12,000. You get that for free. That's that's included. So there's okay. that value add.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right?
1: I'm, I got to do it to get the prints, so sell it, don't sell it. it. It just it helps to sweeten the deal. Yeah. And we do custom plaques, and they're all framed. And
0: So the owner gets the original in his office, or he can...
1: You yeah, yeah. Take it home. And, and it's it's funny, because on a couple of these deals, they make a point of don't put the original in the paperwork i want it i just don't want it in the paperwork so you know that's going home <laughs> with him it's like well that's that's okay that's your business not mine but whatever that's fine okay and yeah. uh that's that's happened probably half the time <laughs> that, that that that's huh. just no 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 i want it but i just we're not gonna include it in here so maybe anyway, i, I right, thought right. that was kind of funny well, then they
0: don't have to claim it or something so, you know, that actually really brings us to the second P in the appeal process. So we've talked about art, we've talked about product, but let's talk about presentation because I know you have a framing business as well. And I love, you had like this tip in one of your books that I read that I was just like, it was like one of those, oh, uh, you were talking about the real estate on the back of the print. So you frame all your prints and mm-hmm. you just talked about these prints that you made for companies. Now, do you give them the prints just as they are, or do you frame all of them for them? I know you're big framed. into presentation, so let's talk about
1: presentation. Everything's framed for that reason.
0: Even those 500 that you did for the company?
1: Oh, yeah. that's. Oh,
0: wow. So you can charge for that, too.
1: Well, that's usually we do it as a value add. So in the, the way okay. I looked at it is I can think of it as I'm getting paid for the art, or I can think I'm getting paid for the framing or both uh so you know right. there's Flipping i can like mindset
0: can, thinking about it like a product
1: yeah so i can give away air quotes free framing and uh-huh. it's the good stuff i mean we don't like it's i'm sure i still am but i'm the largest user in the world of this kind of map board and i mean it's Rag Mat, it's library of congress conservation standard i mean it's the good stuff we that's nice. so and that's all part of the presentation so and it, and it looks great
0: yeah Good mats is so important because yeah, the mats, all looks... folks, will turn yellow. Yep, and they'll turn yes, your artwork yellow,
1: and it'll leach into the artwork too. It looks like a yep. water stain. No, usually uh, that's—it's
0: like somebody's been smoking.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, and there's one kind of frame, one kind of mat, all the same size.
0: Oh, so you standardize everything?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, always have. And that gives me the most of my, so I can take a full 32 by 40 sheet of mat board, chunk, chunk, quarter it there. I don't have any waste and I don't have to measure anything. It's all templated. The glass is all standard. So I, big benefit is I'm not swimming in inventory. Yes, the originals are a little bigger, but that's, there's so few of them that it's just a custom piece. Mm Mm-hmm. So my wife, the colonel, she'd she been framing for a long time. And it occurred to me, like framing my stuff when we moved to Alberta. And we should just, because again, customers are asking, I got this hockey jersey, can you frame it? And it's like, well, yeah, but really not set up for it. And it was a case of, we should just open up a shop and you can do it. And it can be your thing. Because she was getting a little tired of her identity being owen's wife and i understand that I i, I told you yeah. to so great you let's you be you, you be the, the frame framer.
0: store owner
1: yeah and i and uh you know and then with that we took that to the nth degree that you know she became the national framing champion and international people's choice winner and she was what? one of only they have that oh yeah yeah <laughs>
0: There's like a, a Guild of Framers or something? The Association of Framers?
1: You bet. The, prof- the PPFA, the Professional Picture Framers Association of America.
0: I had no idea. You bet. Oh, so cool. Uh,
1: Britain, Britain has guilds, so she's, then she became a judge, one of only, I think there's six or eight of them. I'd, I'd have to check. I'm not, I, I've, It's been a while since I've looked, but she's an international judge, so they will fly her to judge in these. These competitions. I and want she's to talk won- to your
0: wife now. Can I interview her <laughs> next? Because I I've done some framing of my own, and um, my husband made me some frames, and we did some framing, and I went out and bought the white gloves and everything. And now I sure. want to know what the criteria is for becoming. Like, how do they judge framing? What?
1: <laughs> very closely. Very closely. <laughs> right? Your cuts have to be perfect. Your choice of materials, and you know it's. And uh, yeah, she got wow. internet. She got People's Choice in Vegas.
0: Wow, she down
1: with it, and yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: That is really cool.
1: And so you then, you learn uh, something
0: new every day.
1: The PPFA, you can Google it. They're, they're a thing.
0: Oh, we'll put and, a link. We'll put a link.
1: All right, and then so and then she, another one. She was, she she got a guild commendation from the UK, and she was one point. She was one of only two guild commanded framers in the country for this particular thing. So anyway, of course, we turned that into marketing. So anybody wanting to get something framed sees all this. It's like, well, where else would you go? Right? Why would you go to the big box place and get somebody with minimum wage to ruin it for you, right? Yeah. You'd be like, if it's important, where are you going to take it? Well, you're going to bring it to us. So we had a, a gallery for 13 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, our lease was up for renewal, and they were ripping up the front to put in a traffic circle. Hmm. And I thought, I don't know. I think this is going to suck. And so we talked about it, and we, we sent a letter out to all of our custom framing clients and said, we're, we're moving our gallery home. Our kids are only little for so long. You know. We're going to work by appointment. And so benefit to you is if you need to see us 9 o'clock on a Sunday night, no, you can't just book an appointment so we sent out I don't know how many thousand letters far and you know and everybody's like that's a great idea sure so we renovated our our garage and that became it was already our shop but we fancied it up a bit and the customers came there uh-huh. and then uh, at the same time we began homeschooling our sons mm. and uh, that was ju- it's just been awesome so we're all we all work from home and two years ago this November, we bought our forever house and it's awesome. Like it's a great big three car garage, extra big. It's It's got laminate flooring in it. And, you know, I mean, it's a, a proper place. You can come yeah. in.
0: I like the way you call it your forever home, like a forever pet. I love it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like living in a Christmas card. I don't mind saying, I I mean, my studio is exactly the way I've always wanted it. And, um, mm. So, you know, but but that's kind of why because we're not paying 75 grand a year in in a, a, you know a retail space anymore. That helped. Yeah. And our business didn't drop at all. The customers cool. didn't care. Yeah. Now it is overall it is a disclosure it is down a little bit mm-hmm. over 3 years ago because we don't get the walk through traffic. Right. They have like that was a piece that's not there anymore, but our our long-term customers come back. The word of mouth still works. I feel I should mention there's about a 12% drop overall, because we don't get the walkthrough traffic that we well, used to.
0: but you've got... But oh well. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's amazing and interesting. And you were talking about how you sent letters. So I think it's really interesting how you educate your audience. Um, you know, in the appeals process, I've tried to take all this information and put it in some kind of system and organization. So we've got art, what you make. We've got product. You make lots of products you got presentation, and then you've got educating your audience. It's not the education of the artists, artists that we're really talking about here, but more about like, how do you communicate with your clients, the benefits of your work? You mentioned that you talk about the archival qualities of the framing, but how do you reach out? Like, what are some of the best ways you've worked to tell your story and to educate your Customers and your audience, or maybe what's the hardest part of marketing? What tips and tricks do you have?
1: Well, the hardest part is getting attention, Mm, Uh, and and every every single commercial entity has that that challenge. Whether you're you're Ford or you're uh, you know a panhandler, like like it's, it's 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 a thing, and and online is people assign it magical qualities, but it's just a media. It's yeah. it's like a billboard or a newspaper ad or a TV commercial there's internet. I mean, it has its own, its own peculiarities, but.
0: Yeah. Do you do the, social media? Do you do marketing online?
1: Uh, a little, a little. It's, it's a very hard nut to crack. Uh, my artwork does well on, 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 uh, you know, different online campaigns and things. My art does pretty well. Uh, right. the well, marketing. you
0: have a whole, you have like what, two, three websites. You have your art website, you have mm-hmm. your artist education website, which is a whole nother target market, right? Helping yep. out artists. And then you've got a website for your, your, um, business clients, right? And then like one for the framing, maybe two, you got yeah. two, three?
1: three. And Jackson's gallery is, is, uh, my wife's, she does laser engraving now too and stuff. But cool. yeah, so the, so yeah, there's three main and a couple other, you know, new projects that I'm kind of involved in.
0: Ooh, can you tell us anything? Road. Is that like a little Easter uh, egg drop?
1: It's got nothing to do with art. What? <laughs> yeah, nothing. The, these these next two things that are happening. So ten days ago, so I was on a show called Canada's Greatest Know It All. <laughs> seven years ago, I guess, as we're recording this. And it was on Discovery Channel and it was terrific. So the finale was me and two PhDs going at it for the title.
0: Like Jeopardy in Canada?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a cross between Mythbusters and Survivor. <laughs> like we they would take they took 10 of us and every they would split us into different teams every challenge. So we did underwater bomb disposal and skydiving boggle. What? There was a CSI challenge. There was like, yeah, real put, throw us on a roller coaster and we'd have to calculate the height, the speed and everything as we're upside down on the roller coaster. It was put you under stress and then give you a task. So
2: interesting. And then
1: the losing team had to pick one of their own members to go into elimination. Okay. So each episode was two team challenges. So you get two people in the elimination round. Loser goes home.
2: Okay. And
1: uh, it was awesome. It was <laughs> awesome. And so the the finale was me and two PhDs. And I ended up not paying attention. I'm thinking I got this, and I wasn't paying attention. Essentially, tripped on my shoelaces and
0: flat <laughs> <rats. laughs> on your face.
1: Yeah. Oh, kinda. but it sounds yeah. like you went
0: really far. That's incredible.
1: Yeah, and I was the one guy that had no education and, and was an artist and 50 pounds overweight. And, and uh, yeah, it was the most fun I'd ever had.
0: So they're doing a remake?
1: No. I, well, I, the whole TV thing was, was a, that's a three-beer story in itself. Anyway, <laughs> but the, the gal that got second place, she's a, she's a PhD. Uh-huh. And she asked me to be a part of this. So what she does, she's, a, she's a, an environmental consultant to the gas and oil industry now. Hmm. And so she's, she's got a network of PhDs around the world that she hires to essentially give cliff notes on new research in the gas and oil industry. Okay. And she brought me in, we're selling a subscription to oil companies, not just for research, but also patent applications around the world. So say the Chinese government, Comes in the United States and submits a patent for a new kind of flow valve or something. Uh-huh. Uh, our customers are going to know about it the next week, so that they Brilliant. can get an early jump to license it to anything they want to do, whether they want to license it or or fight against it with one of their own patents.
0: Very interesting, and that that's all through kind of your artwork in a way. That's another well, it's all shoot, but totally random.
1: I'm, I'm just a marketing guy. I'm the only guy that's not a PhD, which I love that. <laughs> and so we're partners in that company. And, and my job is to rope in customer. Because well, the subscription the- is going to start at 80 grand a year. Like it's, wow. it's a big, 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 big deal. Because the industry has that kind of money, right? And what would it cost you to have a PhD on staff doing this for you, right? There's the value add. It will cost yeah. you a lot more than what your subscription is going to be. So there's that. And the other one is the other business that uh, I'm starting up uh, with a friend of mine is a hangover cure <laughs> that I developed. There's a theme going through this. People <laughs> might be like, this guy drinks a lot. No, I really, well, I honestly, I di- well, there's that. No, but <laughs> I, I really don't. But when my years on the road as a musician, I, I tested things. Does this work? No. Does that work? That does work pretty well. I feel less worse. And so now it's, I mean, it's all, it's over the counter. There's no magic ingredients. There's no uh, eye of newt in it or anything.
0: Bitters? Is bitters in it?
1: No. Mm. Nope. That's a... Oh, wait, that's that's a
0: a hiccup cure.
1: Well, yeah, it's some people have, have mentioned bitters, but it tends to be a case of, because it's an alcohol solution, it -hmm. tends to be a case of the hair of the dog.
0: Mm. It, It doesn't
1: cure a hangover, just sort of delays it a bit. I see. So anyway, those are, those are two new things that I'm involved in this fall. Excellent.
0: Well, you know, I think the takeaway from um, the other one is that you don't have to be a PhD to do marketing. You know, you've mentioned several times value add. And yeah. I think another way to think about that is as a bonus. So, you know, I've been researching and studying marketing myself here, trying to figure it out because I'm like any other artist. I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, I've mm-hmm. got um, some formal art training, a lot of formal art training. And, um, you know, they don't teach you how to market your art, really. That kind of gets lost in the curriculum. There's so much to teach and so much to learn in uh, getting an art degree. You know, there's Photoshop and Illustrator and Dreamweaver and web design and, you know, all working with the clients and branding and da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, I taught at the collegiate level for like 12 years. And, you would kind of come to the end and you'd have one crash course of here's portfolio development. Okay. We're going to teach you how everything we need to know about marketing and making a portfolio and getting your artwork into a gallery in one semester. Yep. And there's just so much snow. You don't need a PhD to learn marketing though. You're talking about value add is a bonus. You know, when you add in bonuses, when you can add in extra value to any offer you're making somebody that makes them happy because they're getting a deal. So, yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, you know what? What you said that uh, most artists are astonished when they get out of art school and realize, "I now, what do I do? Right? I can make this stuff, but what do I do now?"
0: Well, that's the whole point of this whole podcast and everything. is like it needs to get out there.
1: Well, it does, and and, and it's it, what I found interesting. Just in a discussion. I had a few weeks ago with a with a, a doctor, like a, a physician. Yeah. And he said, that is exactly what it was like for me in nutrition. I said, What do you mean? He oh, said, Oh yeah,
0: I've heard that. I spent
1: I spent eight years in college to become a, a physician. I took four hours of nutrition total.
0: Yeah, they don't teach Isn't doctors. Isn't that crazy? Yeah.
1: And so but, you're, but everybody's doctors they, they'll tell you what to do and not do in terms of nutrition, but he said, that, like, "I really don't know." And that's yeah. why most doctors refer to nutritionists who have uh-huh. nowhere near the overall experience or, or education, because that's just something it's minimized in, in, in a GP's uh, education, which yeah. is sounds crazy, isn't it?
0: It does sound nuts, but you know, that's a whole new field that's starting to come out and we won't go into this because we could talk about it all day. But, you know, the whole field of health and wellness and dieting is blowing up with all these different things from paleo to keto to fasting to intermittent fasting to alternate day fasting. Like there's all these different theories and yep, yeah, the doctors and, you know, the debunking of the food pyramid. So yeah, it's a whole science. If you guys are interested in that, go to TED. Good, it's TED Talks, because yeah, exactly. they're all over the place. You're like, and I don't have the answer.
1: Yeah. Neither do I, clearly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go on to automate and amplify. We're getting into the techie part of this discussion. We're talking about stories. We talked about educating your audience and, and reaching out and marketing. And, you know, we're overwhelmed as artists. There's so much to do. We wear so many hats. So do you have any tips or tricks? You are doing so much. How do you automate some of this? How do you get bigger? How do you scale, not get overwhelmed? Are there any apps you use
1: or systems sure. you
0: use in your business that you, know, you can share?
1: Absolutely. Well, the first thing that I want to make absolutely clear is that I struggle with this every single day like everybody else does. It's not a defect to feel overwhelmed.
0: Yes. Because well it happens.
1: So, the, the number one thing to do is to get it out of your head. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? Get it onto a piece of paper, three by five card, a computer document, something. David Allen did the uh, Getting Things Done book. It's came out, I don't know, it could be 20 years ago or more now, but it, it was. it's a fantastic resource. Hmm. And his, his philosophy on it is brains are for thinking, not for storing. Ah. So get it out of your head. Like your to-do list, put yeah. it on a hunk of paper or a chalkboard, or it, it doesn't really matter. But when you see it visually, it's like, you know, that's not so bad after all. I had this discussion yesterday with, with my oldest boy, Hudson, who's... How old's he? He's going to be 17 here in a, in a week or two. Oh, but he's oh, he's a t- years. I yeah. dread them.
0: You have how many well, boys?
1: We have two sons.
0: I have two kids too. Two sons. Three and seven right now.
1: Ah, there you go. <laughs> well, so, th- so this is coming. So <laughs> Hudson is nationally competitive in, in, in you know, he went to nationals this past year, both in marksmanship and biathlon, which is Ooh. cross-country skiing and shooting.
0: That's one of my favorite. I am amazed by that sport. Amazed.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the number one winter sport in the world. It's, 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 it's Didn't know that. multiples bigger than hockey. It's like, it's like winter soccer in that bigger, nobody bigger in North America.
0: Or soccer well, one more
1: than that? Well, soccer would be bigger, but it's winter soccer. Because <laughs> in North America, we're like, soccer? I don't know. Hockey? Yeah. But we were at a, uh, an event in Canmore where the 88 Winter Olympics were held. Yeah. And they were getting prepared for a World Cup meet the next week. And I was talking to one of the officials from Europe, and he said, the biggest viewership that a pay-per-view or a, uh, uh, an NHL game has ever had on TV is 15 million people. So that, that sounds like quite a lot. He says, yeah. yeah, well, this race next week, there'll be 50 million people watching it.
0: Wow.
1: And like, I didn't know it was that big. So anyway. That's
0: three times more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's not a big, big, big event. It's just Nearly. an event. Wow. And so anyway, so Hudson's into this. He's, he, both of our sons are involved in cadets. There's so training. Cool. We were up a quarter to seven this morning doing wind sprints. I was running the stopwatch. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> and, and so he's, he's very overwhelmed all the time. And we're like the first week of school.
0: Ah, mm-hmm.
1: So I said to him, what does dad say? Get it, I know, get it out of your head. So I hand him a pen and a card. Just write out what you got to do today. So last night I was getting some writing done. He came in to say goodnight and I asked how how his day and things went because he had boots to polish and everything else. He said, oh, yeah. is not that bad. Yeah, I know. Get it out of your head, boy. I'm telling you. He's like, okay. Yeah.
0: You know, I always yeah, so call it brainal vomit. <laughs> Just yeah. throw up on the paper. Just put your brain bleh, on the it paper. Doesn't.
1: Yeah, you can fancy it up later. Just get it out of your head. Yeah. So but in terms of tools, so here's here's a big, 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 big one.
0: Yeah, hit us.
1: You need at least one other monitor.
0: Oh if you're, if two you're screens, using, yes.
1: If you're using a laptop, you have no concept, I promise you, of how much time you're wasting. So I I'm sitting in, in my in my cockpit here in my studio. I have I have five monitors.
2: No, and if you,
1: Oh, yeah, jealous. if you go to my go to my Facebook page it's it's my cover picture because I just got the newest one here. <laughs> I and have so, two. I thought I was doing good with two. Well, and you are. so the, the example, if you go back to olden times, say you were in university before you know the computer thing.
0: I went to college when email was a new thing
1: well i I can I got that beat. I was in the eighties, okay, so <laughs> so say you've got you've got your notebook you're writing in, you've got a workbook. Uh maybe a dictionary or a thesaurus, you've Uh got two textbooks and another reference guide. Well, they're all spread out and they're all out in front of you, right? So you can look at one, look at the other. If you had to close that and move it over here every, and then bring it back and open it every time you wanted to do something, you can see how much time you're wasting. Oh,
0: what a great analogy.
1: It looks, I get it. It looks like, well, I don't need all that. I, I, I know one of them is just for music. I, I'm, I'm picky that way, but I spend more time here than anywhere else, including bed. So these are my tools that I work with and earn my bread and cheese. Yeah. I'm about optimizing this and you don't have to start with five. I sure didn't, but I realized I could use another. I don't have a need for six. So five's it. But that's that. Get a, get at least one more monitor. It's you. You'll be looking at for three right away, and then they're cheap. You can get them used for nothing if, oh, if that's yeah. a problem. Oh yeah, they're
0: like a like less than a hundred dollars now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I I didn't get the biggest, fanciest ones I could either. Okay, cause... now I
0: got to ask you: Owen. How do you arrange these things? Are you like in a in a semicircle, like a drum circle? How many drums yep. are in a drum set? Are you essentially recreating a drum set in monitors?
1: Maybe I am. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> never thought. Maybe. Maybe. Do you got a
0: hi-hat, a snare. Do you stack them, or are they just all nope, on the same all, plane? they're
1: all in a, like my desk is six feet across, mm-hmm. and it's a walking desk. So you hit a button, it goes up to the top, and then I, I'm, I move a, what is it, platform out of the way with my chair on it. There's a treadmill underneath, Turn it on, I can walk, hit the For button. For real? Oh, Yeah. Oh That's yeah! Awesome. It's on my Facebook, uh, my my Facebook cover.
0: Oh, we we'll put a link to this, you guys. We're gonna have to put a link to your. Well, I'll send, picture. I'll send,
1: I'll, Yeah, and I'll send a picture. Yeah, when yeah, we're we'll done put this. it right I'll, here on the. I'll send you a photo of my, my desk. So I love it. In that, the other things uh, that I use that are important is Google Drive.
2: Hmm. Is you that
1: just free? You just need to have that. Yeah, the, you can get a, a a small version. I've got a terabyte on there now, so I I pay. <laughs> I don't know, 10 bucks a month or something. I don't yeah, know. It use is Dropbox what it is. Yeah, Dropbox
0: and it's, everything's in the cloud now. Basically, yeah. Google Drive, Dropbox is essentially like cloud storage. Yep.
1: And Google, I, I like, uh, you can get to it anywhere. If you're working on your laptop and you've got something you want to change, it changes it there and it changed everywhere. So if I open it up on my phone or my desktop, wherever, all the changes are made. I don't need to and it works really, really well with Gmail, which you kind of got to use. Mm-hmm. That is free. That's a huge one for me. Uh, in terms of more working documents and, and storing website information, like a sort of like I treat it like my file system,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, is Evernote. Oh, I love Evernote. My my far left monitor is kind of my Evernote. That's all that ever is in there.
0: So you've got Evernote on one monitor. You've got music on another monitor.
1: Those are the two outside ones, okay. yeah. Okay.
0: And then do you outsource your artwork touch-ups, or do you do all that yourself in Photoshop or:
1: No, I, I take that once once i'm I'm done my artwork, uh, I go to a pre-press and they take the digital scan, and we've got it to a point where I can sit down with a, you know, bring the guy a cup of timmy's coffee and and then just you know we, we've got it to where. He knows what my art needs to look like in terms of how dark the darks are,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because a scan, For the friends, yeah, yeah. So people ask, "Well, do you ever use print on demand?" And I never do because I know how hard it is. You would think it's black and white. This is going to be easy, but no. What happens when it scans? The software that's running the scan will look at the bright white of the page that I've left in a cloud and think mm-hmm. it's a burn,
2: mm.
1: right? Which yeah. which refers to like if you're Take a say if you're taking a picture of of something and there's a light reflecting off a mirror and there's this bright white patch. Yeah,
0: a hot spot.
1: Yeah, exa- that's maybe a better phrase. So it'll it'll turn down the lights to cover that, and also like the darks. My I'm using a nine B or charcoal. It's it's black like a sharpie.
0: Oh yeah, that is really dark.
1: So it 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 looks at that nine B. Oh, I think that.
0: the darkest I ever used was like a six or an eight in college.
1: Yeah, the the nines tend to have some charcoal work. I prefer charcoal now for those real little. Dark yeah, that is shots. such
0: a uh, velvety black. Charcoal is so. There's just a texture. It's velvety. Yeah, I
1: don't yeah know it what is. it is and it's beautiful. So, but but a scan reading that looks like oh, there's nothing there. Okay. So it shrinks it. So everything's compressed. The the contrast gets dialed down and it looks washy. Yeah, maybe there's settings in it out of the factory. I don't know, but it makes everything look like a 2B. Well, no, I've put in the time. So anyway, with with the Photoshop, and he just like puts in the what's the word I'm looking for the settings. Like he's it's it's in there. We've got like that. There we go. He's got
0: a preset in Photoshop. Yeah, just
1: boom. And we've worked on it. And so I print in two colors. So there's black, and then there's gray that are combined. Yeah. And yeah, so that's that's taken a lot of time, but I, I don't. I don't do that for my art myself, not, not really.
0: That's interesting. So, you know, what you're talking about here is trying to get a full range of values in your prints. Yep. Your artwork obviously has a large range of values from a very, very black, black to a very white, white. And yep. recreating that, computers, monitors, photographers, uh, just cameras, scanners, none of them can replicate the number of values that the human eye can see. I think it's, yep. um, oh, I'm trying to recall off the top of my head. It's something like the human eye can see 25,000 shades of gray or something crazy like that. Um, yeah, I'd have to look yeah, it up it's, again. It's way up there. It is, but the computer can't get anywhere close.
1: So nope. Yeah. So I'm I'm self-taught as an artist. Mm-hmm. I've, I've taken one weekend class with Mike Sibley about 10 years ago, but that was a social thing, more than anything. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot from him, but...
2: Yeah.
1: And it's not that I set out to, uh, I'm going to explore values on, but no, I'm, I went to staples and bought the pencil kit and there was like light ones. And then there was dark ones. And well, I'll make the dark stuff with the dark pencils and the light stuff with, right. It just, and it I've never, sense. ever seen. Yeah. Well, it just, it just, I don't know. I, what else would you do? Right. Well, every book that I've, every course that I've looked at, they're all like, get a nice soft 2B pencil. And it's like, well, why do they make 9H if they're not, nobody's going to use 9B. them? Well, it turns out. Yeah. Well, no, 9H for the hard oh, stuff, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. They do, yeah. And, and it's like, that's one of my favorites because I can get really, really great little texture yeah. up in the clouds and stuff that you just can't, you can't get with another pencil. But yeah. anyway, so.
0: Here's a little tip or trick for, for artists just doing with the pencils. It's kind of like you were talking about opening books. I used to do this all the time and I still do this is if I'm drawing or painting and I have pencils, I'll actually stick them in the um, cracks between my fingers. So between my pinky and my ring finger would be like a 4B or the 9B or whatever, like whatever range I'm using, I'd put the darkest. And then between the ring and the middle finger, I'd put another pencil. And then between the pencil, the ring, the middle finger and the pointer, another. And then another one between the thumb and the... So you're holding one, two, three, four, four pencils in your left hand and then a fifth in your right. So you've got you don't have to go looking for them. You know that where they are.
1: Yep, that's a good idea. I only came up a similar thing to that, but I only came up with that maybe three years ago. Well there you have
0: it (laughs) (laughs) folks. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well we've saved our audience a lot of time and trouble. There we go. So how about reaching out to the audience? What is your other monitors for then? What do you use your other three
1: for? I find that I my left of center monitor is where i will open up email
2: mm okay
1: my center one is like my main focus if i'm writing something it tends to be there mm-hmm. emails off to the side and the right one is sort of you know if if i'm fixing a website mm. i'll have you know the the live version on one monitor the the one i'm working on in the center so i can just refresh and i can see it without having to close and I'm, brilliant yeah I love I, there's no real rules but it, it I tend to keep the email and I don't leave it open all the time. I don't. Yeah. That's a big one. I'm I'm no notifications on the phone. Shut off the the uh, internet or not the internet, but no Facebook, no emails yeah. like on. I'll go look at it and then, you know, I'll do whatever I have to do and then I get the hell out of it. Or cuz I know what I'm like, I don't take my cell phone to bed anymore. Cause Good. 45 minutes in the morning are just gone watching i don't even know what
0: yeah
1: and so i've had to go back to an actual alarm clock yep and uh you know so that that's a pretty big thing i keep my Um, cell phone in
0: the kitchen makes me get up to turn off the alarm
1: (laughs) yeah and well we and we don't we don't usually let the kids take the cell phones in the into their rooms either because smart Smart. you know what's going to happen
0: yep so, L for licensing, let's talk contracts and licensing. You, you work with some big time companies. And mm-hmm. are there any um, experiences or stories you want to share about licensing or any contractual tips that you have to have and have to use that you want to share?
1: So, yeah, mostly in, in terms of commission. So, I have to put it in there for my own protection that they can't they don't get to see the work in progress mm. and they all want to they all want to oh i just want to pop by and look no 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 No, when it's done you'll love it that's why you're hiring me right so
0: trust trust in yeah. the artist
1: well because here's and here's the and they're, and they're all disappointed in that because they're excited they've never done anything like this and they're that's interesting to them. And I understand, like, they're not wrong for for wanting to see. They're just misinformed about what's best for them. (laughs) And so the example that I use is, let's say you're hiring somebody to make a birthday cake, a fancy one with all the stuff in it, right? Yeah. Letters and shaped like a who knows what. Flowers and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and it's a lot of work, right? Yeah. And so that baker will never, ever – let you come a couple hours into the process and let you open up the oven and reach in and poke your finger in and take a taste of that cake as it's baking. <laughs> yeah. Because you won't like it. And you're at best will have a, oh, like that's not what I thought it would be. Right. Mm-hmm. Or worse, it's like, oh, I don't like that at all. The textures. Well, yeah, of course it, it's not done yet. Right. It's the same because they're going to come and it's going to look washy because I work in layers, mm. you know, it's going to be, they're not going to be happy with it because whatever they're expecting, it's going to be different.
0: Yeah. You got a noodle on it and add detailing and darkening and lightening and.
1: Yeah. Yep. It, it'll, it, there's going to be some smudges over here. I got to clean up and, you know, and, and maybe my studio is a mess. I got pencil shavings everywhere. Who knows? Right. It's not, I would never, nobody gets to see it. And it's not that I'm being, you know, precious or anything. Mm. It's because I've seen the look on their faces when they go, uh-oh, this isn't going to work out. And,
0: and so you you know, they still owe right a bunch of money. And so you put that right in the contract. I love it. Yep. So you, you say, this is the price for a commission. No, you may not come by when that's, I love it.
1: No faxes, no photos, no progress reports. So it's half, half the... D- half the dough up front, half on delivery.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they feel better about that. I give a small discount if they pay all up front. Mm-hmm. So that, like that, that. kind of takes care of their, well, are we going to get what we want here? Well, you haven't paid for it all yet. That, that's, that's a pretty and standard. And do you give them a
0: timeline as well, you know, delivery on such and such a date?
1: Yes, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. if I don't, it'll, they'll never get it. Right. Parkinson's law, right? The, the time of task... Takes to complete is the amount of time you give it. Mm. So there's that plus, yeah, the the deliverables, what they're getting, and they're all framed. They have this plaque, you know, or or are they picking them up? You outline.
0: Oh, shipping. Yeah, so you'd outline the deliverables, absolutely everything they get, plus the process, plus the pickup or the shipping. Do you include shipping costs, or they pay them?
1: Depends. When I had to send six hundred to Dubai. They picked Dubai, up the tab wow. for that. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I got a I got a I got a booth at the so booth at this show, if I'm remembering correctly, was about forty thousand dollars. In Dubai. In, the, in Dubai at the Heavy Oil Congress. It's it's huge. Like oh, it's, I gotta go
0: uh, back to that for just a sec because we sure. haven't hit on that. You have a really fascinating idea about going to places and showing your artwork in places where there are no other artists.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, so in my business a trade show of oil industry people is perfect. So I have no competition from other artists. And it's I'm not just another oil rig company, right? There's some the, hey, what's this? And it's it's obviously about them. And this thing in Dubai was part of that. So this this the commission was of the very first offshore rig in the the Strait of Hormuz there the the Red Sea the Persian Persian Gulf, there we go, sorry. Huh. So the very first one after it was Jacques no. Cousteau did the very first seismic in the Persian Gulf. I didn't know that until I did this. So it was oh, the, the, the very first rig going up. So And there was 650, give or take, prints given out for speaker gifts to people who come and do a presentation. So they had 600 and some speakers at this. That's how big it is. Wow. But anyway, in the process, I negotiated, well, I would like a booth at this show. And oh, that's a great idea. And so they gave me a real fancy one and it was like, it was really great. And so, uh, yeah, that's just part of the negotiating. And he was happy to do it. He was excited to have me there. And the colonel came and we, you know, did the touristy thing as well. It was, it was really cool. So
0: that's neat. So you worked a deal in a contract of, you did a commission piece for a guy who's mm-hmm. giving it out at a trade show, mm-hmm. and part of what you asked for was a booth at the trade show, which got you more customers, I presume.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I met royalty, and it was it was really really cool. It was awesome.
0: You hear that, folks? This man does not have a PhD in marketing, but you should, you should, Owen.
1: <laughs> wow, thank you. Uh, I don't know what my thesis would be. <laughs> One of the other things that I find is really important is once they have to sign off on approval. So we'll do a Photoshop layout of what they're going to get. And we, we go and get it printed in the same size as their prints, not the originals, but the same size as their prints Uh and little tip, you never make it quite as good a resolution as maybe the prints are going to be right. Uh You don't want it to look, we don't want them to get the prints. And say, well, this doesn't, it's not as sharp as the the copy that I signed off on. You don't want that. You want right. So it's it's always a little lower resolution. But if they want, you know, there's 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 a ladder against this wall and a tree over there. You can't change it. No changes once it's once you've signed on it. That's what you're going to get. That's the composition. Those are roughly the values and, and right. So uh, since I've done that. Everyone is, because of course my drawing now looks better, right? It's a black and white rendering, but you know, the lighting, if a lot of them want to use a compilation, we'll put this truck with this oil rig next to that mountain and the light's coming from all different directions and it's just a disaster, but whatever we, we crop it and we put it in and we, well, no, I think I'd like this over here. No problem. So we move it over there in the proof and they sign off on it. That's what they're getting. No changes.
0: So that's with your commission work is you actually yep. do a little Photoshop work on it to, to move things around, kind of like the yep, licensing. From the, from
1: the, yeah, the reference photographs that I'm using so that oh. – oh, I thought this was going to be – sorry, I, maybe I wasn't clear. So the reference photographs I use to draw, mm-hmm. right, they'll, we, we scan them in and we – move it around. Do you want this here? Well, no, actually maybe let's put that over there and add a, a bin of something.
0: I see. So you're making a Photoshop composite from photographs that the customer gives you, the, the commissioned customer gives you, and then yep. you draw your pencil rendering, your hyper-realistic pencil drawing from that and you make them. That's, that's right. That's smart. Okay. Do you convert it and- to black and white too?
1: I prefer both. I, I have a black and white and color because sometimes two colors can render as different colors can render as the same tone. Uh-huh. And I just sometimes have to refer as, is that piece this or is it that? I just want to have it there in uh, case okay. I need so it. Okay.
0: So you have for your reference a color and a black and white, but the um, proof that they get and they sign off on is that black and white to simulate yep. what it might. Okay. Yep. You don't put an effect or anything on it, right? Out of like Photoshop where you, you know they've got these filters where you can make it look like pencil. Do you do that?
1: No. Okay. No, I haven't. I I it would it would depend on what it looked like. I don't want it to look as good as my drawings, right? Yeah. Cuz I want them to be surprised with what they get, not disappointed. So Yeah. It's always it's a rough Yeah. Frame. but we put it in the same frame they're going to get. This is so this is close as close as I can possibly so that they can't say, oh, I thought it was going to have two trucks in it. Yeah, no, it wasn't. So you they sign it. off
0: on the composition. That is wonderful. I love it.
1: Like they actually sign, like when I say it's framed, there's no glass. They sign the actual thing. Oh. They, not just the contract. They, they, they sign, sign on top of it. The proof. So, it's a proof. Yeah.
0: That's brilliant. I love it.
1: And by having them do that, I've never even had anybody try to push that. Right. Not even close because they know you signed on it. All right. Last chance. There's the pen. And they scribble on it and it's like, this is okay. okay. And everybody's happy because I suppose the delivery, you like the way you explain it matters. But I find that by being more specific like this, mm-hmm. the happier they are. Right. Because they, obviously they're not dealing with some fly by night. You yeah, know what it's I mean? Professional. It's, it's more professional. Yeah. Works better than. I don't know. What do you think? That's the last thing you want to say. Because I don't know. That's what they're hiring you for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So one last question. What does success look like for you? What do you, you know, a lot of us artists, we don't take the time to stop and celebrate our successes and our accomplishments. We just hop from one to the next. Sure. You know, what does success look like for you? How do you measure it? How do you set goals? You know, has it changed and evolved as you've grown here?
1: Oh, sure. Sure, I'm I'm fifty one now. Oh. Which still like saying that sounds crazy. I think I'm thirty-two still. And I don't want to jinx it touch wood, but I'm <laughs> happier now than I've ever been. Yeah. Because I made a point of figuring out what I'm willing to do, what I'm not willing to do. There's all kinds of things I won't do for money anymore. Mm. Well, there always was a pretty good list, but
0: <laughs> you know I what I mean? So. But it's like
1: <laughs> Professionally, I just there are. I'm not going to do that, and it's not a, a judgment against that. It's just my aptitudes at this stage of my life. I, I, sorry, that's not that's not going to work. And I find there's it's great for another artist, but it's just not going to be me. Like portraiture, I'm, I'm just not going to unless it's a celebrity. It's uh, you know then I'm doing it for reasons other than the art. I'm doing it to build my resume up more. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The, and the, the maybe to get to is. meet the celebrity. Yeah, that's always the, usually kind of disappointing, I'll be honest. Some have been oh. great, but some are some are just oh, that was a drag.
0: Ah, I want to hear yeah, one of those it's stories.
1: About, it's about fifty-fifty. Huh. It's about fifty-fifty.
0: We build them up in our minds, huh? They're just real yeah. people.
1: Yeah. I've I've met a couple of them though that have have really been ten times better than my best hopes. Real, genuinely appreciative and and very pleasant and that's not that these these celebrities were you know breaking bread and we go on vacations together or anything but it's about half and half some are like oh great and some and some are you know like george foreman and kathy ireland were, were moved to tears by it and that's that's pretty gratifying but last when i turned 50 the boys and the carl and i flew over to london england mm-hmm. to see the rolling stones and I'd seen them before, and I'm not the world's biggest Stone fan by any means, but you know, I mean, how, how many more times are you going to get to do this, really, right. if you know what I'm saying? Same with Paul McCartney. got have never a chance, seen you got Yeah, you got to go, because yeah, yeah, they're great. I mean, they know what they're doing, and, it, and it's a good time. So we're in the, the Olympic Stadium that they built, and there's like 80,000 people. And everybody's a little drunk, but it's a good drunk. There's no yeah. fights. There's no attitudes. Everybody's singing and having a great time. It's like a big group hug. Yeah. And, uh, and so they start playing Gimme Shelter. And I started crying. Aww. Not sobbing, but my face was leaking. And Harding looks up <laughs> as the 13-year-old is like, Dad, are you all right, son? I've never freaking been better in my life.
2: Aww. And
1: it took me a minute. It's like, why am I crying? And so it wasn't the song. It was, it was everything. And I thought, That's I am moment. 50 years old and i'm doing cool stuff with the people i love most.
0: Ah, that's a beautiful story.
1: I i could afford to come here? Yeah. It tickled but didn't pinch, you know, and 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 we 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 the way we live in our and lives. We had
0: the time.
1: We had the time. The kids didn't we'd have to yank them out of school cuz we're homeschooled. Oh yeah. And and we went and did all we did all the touristy stuff. We only went for 4 days cuz there were other considerations of time, but yeah, we had yeah. four days and we did it. We just took backpacks. We didn't pack a suitcase and we did cool. everything. We, I mean, we did Jack the Ripper tours and, and the Tower of London and we got on a, on a, you know, did two Thames River cruises. And I mean, it was, it was awesome. Epic. And I can do it tomorrow too. Yeah. What's important to me is, is um, I'm not afraid of work. I'm not afraid of work. Like get out of my yeah. way! I got my sleeves rolled up, and we got a rule around here: when Dad's got his door closed, somebody there better be a fire, and and call the fire department first. Don't bug Dad; Dad's working.
0: You got deadlines to hit.
1: Well, and and there's things I want to do, right? Yeah, and, and so there's got to be boundaries, even with the people I love most, because if I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, the colonel come in and ask me, you know, some damn thing that could have waited 15 minutes until my timer went off and I'm on a break. You know what I mean? We have to do that. So you do take that. breaks. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have to. because So I've, I've found this out that I am perfectly capable of sitting down here in the cockpit and putting in six hours without even a pee break and at high level concentration and thinking. Mm-hmm. But I'm useless for three days after. I do get a work hangover. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it melts down so see it's insidious it, you don't think it's going to happen i feel good keep going no so i do it essentially it's like school you, you set the timer for 45 minutes and then you get a 10 minute recess and Excellent. if i do that i can go for weeks the without pomodoro,
0: burnout um thing essentially yeah
1: yeah i use focus booster it's a free app mm,
0: focus booster okay We'll link and that, to that goes.
1: Actually, that one goes on the far right monitor with the music, typically, and it sets off the alarm. And I have to make myself. T- you know what I find I do though, is I find that it buzzes, and then I get a ten minute break. I work through the break too, and then I take a break. So maybe I should change it to like fifty five minutes. Yeah, kind of. I guess that work snooze. <laughs> so it's not. It's not that I'm afraid of work. Yeah. There are things I I hate doing, like filing papers and that uh, kind of stuff. I hate it. Yeah. Accounting. I'm not. A, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a tech guy, but I've learned uh, quite a lot about, you know, making websites. I do all that stuff and editing video. And, you know, I've needed to, to learn to do that because it was quicker for me to do it than to to hire somebody to mm-hmm. do it in those cases. Yeah, And, and so, I guess that, that's it. I, I, I have freedom. I So, you as have I, freedom. I mentioned earlier. Yeah.
0: Your definition of success is you have freedom. Autonomy mm. is
1: maybe better. Autonomy. Yeah. I, I donate 15 to 20 hours a week to our local air cadet squadron. So cool. that's kind of like what the Boy Scouts would be like if it was run by the military. <laughs> so there's air, navy, army uh-huh. in Canada here. So it's the, every, as we're recording this, it's Thursday night. Tonight, the squadron forms up. They're real military officers, real military uniforms. The boots got to be polished. They march around saluting. There's classes. And and this is, our boys got into this because it's their social, it's their music, it's their phys ed, it's it's all the stuff that everybody's concerned about. Well, homeschooling, you're going to miss all that. Right. And and so both the colonel and I are are civilian instructors. I'm coached by athlon and marksmanship and effective speaking and all these other. So
0: So you can do other things. You have time to volunteer.
1: Yeah, like 20 hours a week is... That's Pretty a lot. standard, actually. That's, that's yeah. a lot of
0: time. So, in closing, do you have any books you would recommend? You mentioned a couple in the beginning, but are there any books that you just you think everybody ought to have?
1: Yeah, Getting Things Done by David Allen. Okay. I think it's available on, on Audible.
0: We'll put a link. Yep. Which
1: I like because you can speed it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Listen to him talk faster.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Another one is, uh, and everybody knows this one. It's the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I'm going to meet him this t- uh, oh, cool. week today. A week today, as a matter of fact. Very cool. And uh, those are too big, and and kind of anything by Dan Kennedy in marketing. His time management mm. is good. As we're recording this, Dan is very very ill. Oh. Uh, he's had he's had some kidney failure, and he's become. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be an artist today. No way. Huh. I found his stuff in the early, ni- or, well, late 90s, I guess, and read it. And we've become, well, I won't say friends, but he's absolutely been a mentor to me. He's invested in one of my little work projects. And yeah, he means the world to me. He's very ill now. So,
0: all right. We will. I think he's going to we'll pull through.
1: I have a hunch. Good. We'll we'll so all yeah, cross any, our fingers any of his toes. books. Yeah. Dan For Kennedy. Him. Yeah. He's, he's the man. Yeah. It's not everybody's cup of tea though, like you, a lot of artists will read and go, like, this has got nothing to do with me. Well, don't be so sure. Yeah, don't be so sure.
0: Well, this has been spectacular, such great advice. I want to thank, no, thank you, you. It's been fun so, so much.
1: My pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah if anybody uh, artists that, you know my, my website and I'm sure we'll put links is pencilneck.com. Yep. And uh, marketing tools for Oh,
0: great resources, great resources there.
1: Yeah, we have a free ebook, uh, marketingtoolsforartists.com slash get 10 things It's uh, I do have a book coming out uh, forever. 50 things artists do to screw up their careers, <laughs> and you guys can download 10 things artists do to screw up their careers. And there's lots of blog articles. There's courses available.
0: Yes, yes. I've got a bunch of them, guys. They're really great. So all these links will be down below. If you haven't seen them yet, go to theartistappeals.com under podcast. There will be a page for this with transcripts, as well as all the links to everything that Owen has mentioned here, everything we've talked about, the books, the, everywhere you can get all of his stuff, check it out. So thank you, Owen. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you.
1: Anytime, anytime at all.
0: Hey, I want to take just a quick second to tell you about a new offer I have. All this information that I've been gathering from 12 years plus of teaching, plus all these interviews with amazing guests, I've summarized in the seven step system, the appeals system for building a business in the art and making your artwork appeal. So whether you're a photographer, a designer, an illustrator, a graphic designer, whatever your specialty is, we've got something for you. It's a new online class. It's the seven step system for making your artwork appeal. I'm gonna teach you all these amazing things, summarize them all in one place and give you a system so that you can build a business in the arts. And for a limited time, we have five bonuses thrown in for free as well as I'm offering lifetime access to this course for all these foundational members. So if you're interested in an online class that you can take in the comfort of your home that you have lifetime access to as it grows and develops and we get even more information, you'll have lifetime access to it for an amazing price of just $197. Go check out theartistappeals.com. So, Owen Garrett. What did you guys think? He's a funny guy, right? Oh man, he made me laugh. I hope you laughed along too. I wanted to make sure that you had the web address, so here you go MarketingToolsForArtist.com. That's Owen Garrett or the Pencil Neck. His one website where you can see his art is pencilneck.com. But if you're an artist and you're interested in free ebooks and a blog and information, Owen has lots of amazing resources, great marketing tips and tricks. The man really is a genius at marketingtoolsforartists.com. Once again, that's marketingtoolsforartists.com. Hope you've enjoyed, and I'll see you on the new side.